and non-benders alike, welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney. And I'm Dante Bosco. And if you've been keeping up with the podcast, you know we have officially entered the realm of Toph. We recapped episode six of book two of Avatar, The Blind Bandit. And then we talked to our two dads, Mike DiMartino and Brian Konetsko, and creating the legendary Toph Bay Fung. Yeah, and so it would make sense that for this week's episode, we would speak to the voice actor behind this amazing character, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Welcome, finally, to Brave in the Elements, Michaela Murphy! Hello! Finally here, finally here. So nice to be here. I feel like I can take a deep breath of relief. Like, oh, she's finally on the podcast. This is so it's satisfying. weird because I, it feels like you've been with us the whole time. I know. I have been in spirit. In spirit, but you don't even get to us till now. I know. Well, it's funny. A lot of people do say, uh, you know, they're like, oh, right. And then Toph comes in, blah, blah, blah. And like the first season, I'm like, no, no, no. Not the first season. You gotta wait till episode six in the second season. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah. She comes in almost halfway through. And they're like, that's crazy. I feel like nothing even started. And I was like, they were just setting everything up. And then as soon as she gets there, they just start knocking it all down. Like, you just gotta, yeah, you got a lot of buildup, but it's worth it. (laughs) Well, we know that we didn't have you as Toph in season one because we had you as Mang. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That is such a wonderful character. I had forgotten. That's one of those characters that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle if it's been a long time since you've watched book one. And then you revisit that episode and like, I love Aunt Wu, but for me, Ming's kind of like the little diamond of that episode. I love her. I know. She's great. She's great. She's she's a little sassy. (laughs) She's got a little gap in her tooth or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little gap. Because they're, I mean, they're what, 12, 11? (laughs) Yes. They're young. They're going through their growing phases, having crushes on people, calling That's people right. floozies. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> calling people floozies. There definitely is that. Wait, how old were you when you voiced Ming? Uh, I believe I was 11. See? This is my memory of Jesse Flowers. Because I look at Michaela now and like she's obviously, that's Michaela. It's Michaela Murphy. That's like how I know her now. But my memories of her is not Michaela. It's Jesse. Like, what's up, Jesse? How you doing today? How's your mom? Is not what I'm looking at now. It's the little girl, 100%. Well, and I'm okay being locked in that way. I feel like a lot of people, no, those early cool. videos, like, it's just 12-year-old me. <laughs> no, it's cool that there's, like, a, there's a Jesse Flower part of you in my mind and there's a Michaela Murphy part of my mind, and you look totally different. And I respond to both, still and probably <laughs> oh, forever. <laughs> and that's a stage name? Yeah, that was a stage name. Six-year-old me really did not like the name Michaela. People kind of mispronounced it a lot. I got a lot of Michelas, and I also just got called Michael a lot. People were, like, looking for a totally different person. Um, And I was like, you know what the coolest name ever is? Jessica. But even cooler, Jesse. And then my mom's like, you need a last name. And I was like, well, Jesse Murphy... Mm, not quite. <laughs> Don't really like that. Let's let's let's, let's spice it up a little. So um, then I like came up with the flower, and I was like, I could dot the I with a flower and make it like a thing. Um, yeah. And then I turned eighteen, and it kind of felt different when people said <laughs> and it. When so. you told me you named yourself <laughs> Jesse Flowers at eleven, and I was looking at you like. Yes, you did, didn't it's you? That's perfect. exactly what you did. It is really, truly the perfect name for a kid. <laughs> no, Jesse Flower is an adorable name, and it is m- even more endearing that that was something that your mom was like, okay, this is your name. This is going to be the name you go by. Like, let's talk about it. What sounds good to you? I love that. And she really did try to let me know. She was like, now this is going to be on all your photos like this is going to be in the credits if you book something like this will be places and of course I'm like yeah yeah it's great 
<laughs> and little did I know it would be lots of places, which I'm very grateful for. But it's it's funny kind of dealing with the uh, the transition back to Michaela because when I was 18, I kind of went back and I registered Michaela Jill Murphy. I have to have the Jill because there's already a Michaela Murphy like mm. in the ether somewhere in yep. the union. So um, yeah, and so I've just been trying to like connect the two. I don't know if I'm ever going to sign as Michaela for avatar no, or for anything that i that, it's that era it's that, that era sense. right yeah. yeah so i there's a couple people who like specifically want michaela because they're like it's you like really you and i'm like sure but most people i feel like like the connection of of the name so like yeah. what they saw in the credits mm-hmm. that makes sense that exactly. totally makes sense i love it i'm so glad you're here <laughs> um yeah i mean we're talking about how young you started working yeah. where were you and were you born and raised in new york where were you working and then we can kind of segue into how avatar came into your life yeah, so I am from the Midwest. Uh, anybody from Indiana, holla, hello. Um, so my whole family is is out there and very much like eight or nine generations of Irish people. I mean, last name is Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my mom had always wanted to come to L.A. She wanted to like go to UCLA and study acting. And she didn't do that because she told her parents, my grandparents, and they were like, no. Uh, we're only going to cover something that's in-state. And she's like, oh, okay. Uh, so, so, you know, I feel like that's pretty relatable for lots of people. Oh, yeah. So she ended up going to two different places. Um, and she started out in acting, but then ended up with communications and whatever, whatever. Anyway, fast forward, and I exist, and I'm four years old, and she, she kept trying to go out to L.A., but, like, things kept happening. Like, a horse fell on her leg, like, the day before <gasps> she was supposed to leave one of her first times she was trying to oh. move. So then she had to, like, not go, obviously, oh and gosh. wait till that was fixed. Um, and then I happened. Surprise! Uh, so then <laughs> she couldn't. So it finally just was to a point where she's like, I can't let my kid grow up here. I want her to at least have something different. So we packed up a U-Haul, very, like... Yeah, I don't know, like stereotypical story kind of uh, packed up a U-Haul in 1998 and drove across the country and just came here. So uh, it was great. I mean, we were very much partners in crime. It was just her and me growing up. So then I was like five years old and somebody in school was in a commercial because it's L.A. Uh-huh. And I was like, that seems fun. And she's like, yeah, it, it's cool. And I was very performative early on. I loved trying on clothes. And I would go up to people and just sing Britney Spears songs to them, whether they liked it or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was already, it was already in there. Give me, baby, one more time. <laughs> Specifically that one, yes. But Oops, I Did It Again did get a lot more, <laughs> a lot more attention from me at the time. I bet. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, and she was like, let's, you know, before we get into this whole acting thing, let's make sure that you're up for the commitment because it's a commitment, right? So she put me in a play, Oliver. Uh, I was just an orphan, one of the orphans, and I was such a happy orphan. I was so excited to be there. (laughs) Uh, But I I loved it. And so she was like, okay, cool. Like, you showed up to rehearsals. You didn't get sick of it. You weren't like, man, I'm tired of this. It's a good test. So let's get some headshots done. It is a good test. Yeah. Um, And, you know, when people ask me, about like oh how do I get into voice acting like oh get into acting and take voice lessons like you need to get into singing and acting to be a voice actor like it's not it's it's not really a separate thing it's just kind of performing in general so I got my headshots done they were black and white at the time so I caught the tail end of the black and white headshot craze classic I know it is classic that feels very movie starry because like there's not a lot of black and white still happening anywhere else so I was like ooh, that's artsy people don't understand like so back in the day for, for people listening 
we have these headshots, these eight by tens. Where every time you go to a casting, you bring your your headshot and resume in the back of it, your resume. And so, of course, now all the pictures are digitally shot and they're all color pictures. But no, no, you cannot walk into a room with a color picture. It was so cheesy. If you walked into the room with a color picture, it was like amateur hour. So, <laughs> like immediately unprofessional. <laughs> immediately yeah. unprofessional. Like you're not a serious actor. You're in here with some color picture. Uh-huh. So. All of Hollywood has eight by 10 portraits of ourselves in black and white up until mm-hmm. I would say 1990. Mine were like 2000. 2002. So yeah, got those done. Yeah, you had your headshots. Did you start auditioning for voice stuff at the same time that you were auditioning for, you know, on camera or theater or what? how'd that work? Yeah, so I started out doing the very pandering around walking into agencies and just being like, hi, hello, here's my headshot. I'm Jesse. I would like to be represented by you. <laughs> Can't do yeah. it anymore. Uh, I wish I could. Um, but I, I started in commercials because I had a lot of energy and I could take direction really well. Those two things don't That's always gold. coincide. That is a yeah. very, very good point. Right. Having right. the energy and having the focus is yes. really direction. cool. You'll work. Key. Key. Yep. Um, So I started there and then I went through kind of an awkward growing phase. I was very like had long brown hair um, and I was like cute, just like normal American girl, whatever. Uh, And then I got a short haircut. A bunch of my teeth fell out. I just went through kind of an awkward phase. Are there any black and white pictures of that, Jesse Flowers? (laughs) Any black and white pictures of that? There are. They're not an official headshot, but there are photos. Uh, And they are black and white. Um, Then I was with CESD when I was kind of going through that interesting phase. And Melissa Berger had just started. And the youth voiceover department was new. Because voiceover as an industry is still kind of new-ish in in general. And then kids working in it specifically and not 18 plus playing younger, also pretty new. So she was like, hey, we have a new department. We're kind of getting started. Maybe you should try this. <laughs> so yeah, Amazing. I got started in, in voiceover. And as it turns out, all of the reading that I did as a kid very much paid off because my mom was the type of mom who's like, you can stay up as late as you want if you're reading. And I was like, okay. Uh, so I would bring like, you know, 17 books and then I would read half of one and fall asleep. So yeah, the, the reading element then came super, super handy because yes, lots of energy could take direction, but I could read instantaneously if you needed to change something if you needed improv if you're like here's a new script i didn't have to like sit with it for 10 minutes shaking her head up and down you too goody good (laughs) two-shoe student yeah this is barney yes yes i'm like my sister i see you yeah stay up as long as we want reading Thinking about Dante's at the club. Yeah, I'm like, yep. we're staying up as long as we can. We can dance, dance till you fall asleep. That's what we do. Well, I wanted to do that, but I was like, where's an outlet for that? Right. So I then just kind of clicked all the things, the timing, me being in the right place, just when I could also read. Just everything kind of aligned, and my confidence also really worked well in that field, just because I did get nervous in the room sometimes, face to face with people, depending on their personalities. I would really not vibe with people who didn't mirror my energy so if I came in and I'm like hi I'm Michaela and they're just like hi all right stand over here blah blah blah. I'd be like oh my god they hate me uh (laughs) I'm still like that well yeah because if you're an actor a lot of the time you're that highly sensitive person too so you you are feeling the vibe you kind of take that on so being a kid and doing that I totally like super scary which is why performing for like 10,000 people way easier than performing for two because I'm like, yeah. I can just take so much of all of your little bits and then just 
use it all. And if I'm sitting across from one or two people, I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So yeah, but that worked out really well then too, because then I was in my own little cocoon in my booth, just doing my thing with the microphone uh, and I could get as kooky as possible and just kind of hear somebody's voice. And yeah, you can kind of see them through the window, but it's just, it's different. It's different. So it all aligned. And I started with Finding Nemo. That was the first thing I booked, just doing additional Bonnie voices. Nemo? Yeah. Um, looping all the little baby turtles and the fish and all those little background, oh, like, what? yeah, let's go swing and all that stuff. Yeah. So that I was love the it. first gig. So I started in ADR looping a lot, a lot, a lot. And like Barbara Harris, I was very, very fortunate to kind of be on her list of like kids who can read, who are clear tone, whatever. Uh, not today. Lots of dust from this weekend for those who are listening. Um, a little <laughs> a little earthier, a little more texture today than usual. A um, Coachella voice, a little Coachella yeah. voice. <laughs> from the dirt. And nothing hurts, thankfully. Yeah, but it's just, uh, yeah, you get some extra spice today. It's for you, Dante. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, yeah, I I started with a lot of looping stuff and I was, was on just a, a roll with that. And then I started getting more name roles. Um, I think, I don't know if it started with Chaka kind of officially because I came in Chaka and uh, Kronk's New Groove and The Emperor's New School copying the girl who did The Emperor's New Groove voice in the first movie because I loved her voice so much I just copied it in my living room. And I remember sitting in my living room copying it. So that was kind of like the beginning. And there were a couple of smaller names that I did in the background during looping sessions, but nothing officially until her. Um, But yeah, and then Mang in season one of Avatar, which then kind of led to Toph. And then I cut (laughs) myself off from professional acting kind of immediately after Avatar, just because I thought I was going to be a cardiovascular surgeon. (laughs) So I was like, now I have to focus on school. (laughs) <laughs> of how things have changed. So yeah, there you go. That's kind of the the timeline of me back then. And not just any school you focused on. You focused on some really nice school. I did. I did think I was going to go to UPenn first. I thought I was going to love UPenn. And then I didn't like it. So then I went to Yale. Hmm. So there you go. Just Yale, Varney. I know. Well, I was just talking about that with someone. I mean, the way we get to where we are and the fact that we're never done and we're on a journey and everybody's path is different yeah, remains true, certainly. But as somebody who also sort of loved acting and then just completely left it and did other stuff and then came back to it, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for that as well. Like, I just have such respect for sticking with it through and through if you're a kid and you just keep doing it and becoming more and more successful like Dante. But also somebody who says, you know, I got to peace out for a second and, you know, figure out who I am and be educated in this different way. And everything that we do feeds back into us as artists. That's what I believe. So, well, yeah, that's the biggest thing. People are like, oh, like, how do I get started? And like, or I haven't been I've never acted or like I'm too late getting into the music industry. And I'm like, but you can use all of that. Like people who have just been acting their whole life kind of crave that real life experience that is completely separate from everything industry related. I mean, Meryl Streep at some point has said, you know, real life is the best acting class for you. Just you have to go absorb stuff. You have to go sit in a bar and people watch. You have to go shopping and deal with customer service. You have to take the subway when three lines are broken down and it's 2 a.m. and then you end up just taking a taxi with two strangers. Like you have to just have those things. And it just makes everything so much better. I saw a conversation with some actor friends. We were like, you know, isn't it funny that like we're all actors, we do our thing, and especially movie stars, right? And by and large, the roles they're playing are like 99% of the time like some average ordinary person going yeah. through some stuff in life. Yeah. And, and what do these people know about average ordinary? 
what what do any of these people actually know? That starts to show in people. Yeah. You know what that I mean? I think it does start to show about no. the regular lifestyle yeah. that he's depicting this character. It's 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 ironic sometimes. Yeah. Yes. You also took a break at a time where you had an amazing role. And I think there's something really kind of beautiful about that, whether or not that was part of your decision or not. The idea of going out on Toph, <laughs> yeah, could that be more bad. cool? You right. know what I mean? You didn't. Mic drop. That's an amazing, <laughs> iconic role to sort of go, all right, boom, mic drop. Exactly. Did you guys get to all work together? You did. Yes and no. Uh, I think they tried to have us together when they could. I feel like Dante and I were maybe together a couple times, but I feel like we caught each other yeah. at the beginning or end of a lot of sessions, passing mm-hmm. in and out. And I had a time that was right after school because I was still in school. So I was always Tuesdays at like three or something around then. Um, So sometimes May or Jack would be in there, but it wasn't too, too full. Occasionally gray. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I was in there alone a bunch as well. It wasn't Hmm. till kind of the later episodes where they were really trying to pack everybody in so it could be a whole vibe. But we did get we did get a couple times. Yes. I remember your mom so much. Always waiting for you. (laughs) You're so sweet. She is. She's the best. Now, what are your memories of doing the show? Like, you were 12, I guess, when you did the bulk of this? I, like, specifically just remember, like, the sound of the intercom Hmm. holding the door handle to, like, enter the building. Walking through the door and, like, really being aware of, like, if it smelled like fresh popcorn or not, because that was going to depict how excited I was to go to the kitchen. Uh, You know, just, like... for me, too. You know? (laughs) It's, like, those things... I love that everything you just described wasn't visual, by the way. I mean, I I think that's a total coincidence, but I love that you were playing a blind character and you were thinking about the sound of the intercom and the weight of... Of the door and the yeah. smell of the popcorn. That's just interesting, isn't it? That you just named three things that are all about well, that sensory experience. You know, it's interesting because people are like, how is it playing a blind character? And I, by any means, am not claiming to be at all blind. Totally different level. But I have horrible eyesight. And until I was seven, six or seven, I didn't have glasses. So I think that is how I developed when I was younger. I, I keyed into those things. I keyed into sound and touch and taste and whatever. Um, and I remember putting on glasses for the first time and I was like, oh my gosh. I was yeah. like, this is the Me world. Too. There it's are, like there scary are when you have, yeah. It's weird. It's, it's almost too so, much. It's funny that you say that because I actually haven't noticed that, but I am very sensory. You're you're totally right. Like questions that people ask are like, would, if you had to choose, would you rather be deaf or blind? And I'm like, blind 100% giving up music are you kidding me like and they're like but then you can't see I'm like who cares I want to be able to hear people like I want to hear conversations like oh no somebody has to drive me everywhere like that sounds nice like I just like right it's it's no question for me so yeah I I remember a lot of those little things and like how the seats feel yeah more sensory stuff um I do remember though one one visual I do have is just walking into the booth and just Andrea sitting always like her little haircut and just like I don't know her posture and just kind of her little like pert way of like being yes yes and we should add just for those of you who don't know Andrea Romano of course is our lovely voice director on Avatar and Legend of Korra and you can listen to an interview with her on season one of Braving the Elements yeah and so that's locked in there and I occasionally have Mike and Brian through the window during certain episodes, you know, with their legs crossed in the back, just kind of like looking on their little faces like blazed into my brain. Um, And also the smell of the microphone cover 
Always. Uh-huh. Always the smell of the microphone covers, which isn't bad. It just is. It's like a foam yeah. thing. It's like a scent. Totally. Those are the things that I mainly remember. And then also being scared by Gray being like nice and pregnant and happy and then being like super evil. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she That's really freaky. turns it on and off. She's got an amazing switch for that character that is gone the second she's not doing a line of Azula's. It's like, oh, it's Grey again. It's startling. (laughs) It's so good. You're so right. She's so good. (laughs) Well, let's get into some more kind of specific inside the Avatarverse stuff. Did you watch the show as it was airing? Did you sort of connect with Toph as a character, as a young actress? I mean, it's hard. We always talk about with voice acting how especially if you're not doing it with the whole crew, it can be hard to sort of cement or connect with the story as it's unfolding until you see the final version because you're just not acting it out with a bunch of people. You're sort of going through with line by line and Andrea would do a great job of making it real for us. But And you're also probably working on other things. Like when did you sort of let yourself sink into the Avatarverse more, if that makes sense? Honestly, I rewatched it during like 2019 I think -hmm. during the summer because it had been a while and I did not have cable growing up yeah so I didn't watch it when it was actually coming out so it just took a while and then in college I was figuring out life and I didn't know what direction was what but I want to rewatch everything see it again as a 20 something year old yeah I don't know I just like wanted to so I did and I was like yeah that's like what I remember but also stuff definitely hit a little different um, and I found sure. that there was more stuff in it and I was like this is really cool I'm really glad that I got to be a part of this show um, yes. and so then it was just funny when 2020 happened and then everybody's like yeah this show's really cool and it's like yeah it is and it's like oh wow <laughs> yeah you guys really think it is <laughs> this is crazy um, yeah so also I think it really worked that I was a kid and it worked that it was so episode to episode especially for Toph because she's just so like in the moment dealing with Mm. whatever's right in front of her and that's it so like being a 12 year old being like yeah i'm doing this episode okay great bye like that's tough it works like it all works so yes (laughs) there was not too much premeditated uh at all and people were like how did you get into character i was like i don't know she's sassy and opinionated and funny great like, I just yeah. try to show up and be more of that of me. Like, that, yes. that's, that was, that's how I prepped. Um, everybody made my job so easy. Andrea, Mike Bryan, everybody. Just because they set it all up and all I had to do was just be like, bing, 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 bing. There you go. Well, easy. <laughs> hit him out of the park. When did you first ever know as a kid or as an adult, like, how important the show is to people? I mean, a little bit when I did San Diego Comic-Con in 2014. A little bit. But it felt more, I don't know how exactly to describe it. It felt more of just like an appreciation, not as much of a life changer at that point in time. I mean, timing is everything, as with all things in life. But the fact that it came out during COVID kind of cemented a lot of different things for different people. A lot of people had kids and finally found something to connect with their kids over or it helped Mm -hmm. them get through a really hard time of losing loved ones like because that's what they used to watch together and so they kept watching it to have that connection like it became something else entirely in the last couple of years and so it's kind of been along with everybody else in discovering Mm -hmm. how impactful it is just because so many things happened <laughs> during the last oh, yeah. couple of years when people were rewatching. So uh, I think I've kind of grown with that and the recognition as well uh, has grown with it. So, yeah, really the last year has been just so 
crazy and people reaching out and so many stories from different corners of the world and how it's affected people and the nice thing is is it's all good like every single thing is just positive and how much mm. it's helpful inspiring whatever it's all positive which I feel like you can never get sick of hearing yes that what you've done or what you've helped create is a good thing <laughs> like that's amazing absolutely well, Michaela, we would love to ask you some of the questions that we always want to make sure we ask our uh, Avatarverse pals. Yeah. Do you want to start out with uh, a little something we like to call Animal Crossing? Yes, oh, Animal boy. Crossing. <laughs> well, it's basically what all the animals, you know, that they cross and they do the hybrid animals throughout the show. Yes. Do you have a favorite hybrid animal in I came the Avatarverse? prepared. I have props. Uh, the turtle duck. Yes! <laughs> 100%. Everyone's favorite, mine included. Oh my included. goodness. Yes. Okay, there's something happening with the turtle duck from what I can see that looks like it was maybe made for you. Is that the yes, case? maybe spiritually. But yes, I found this at a con. Um, I was oh, walking by somebody's so table and she just made a bunch of little creatures and critters, not only from Avatar, um, but I saw oh. this little turtle duck and I was like, this is a turtle duck, isn't it? And they're like, yes. yeah. And I was like, I will take this, please. <laughs> Immediately. Was so cool. it crochet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh, crocheted. It looks crocheted. So, oh, my oh, there goodness. it is. It's wonderful. Shout out to the turtle ducks. Yes. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Good question. Okay, we also like to ask, and this doesn't have to be about your character. It could be about other characters on the show, but do you have any ships that you enjoy in the Avatarverse? Uh, yes. I mean, Zutara is like fun to think about just because I feel like yeah. they'd be hot. All right. Dante's like, I'm listening. Okay. Yeah, we, we already know that. Like, he they'd be hot. Uh, but as far as, like, healthy relationships go, I feel like everybody went where Damn, they needed to go. Damn, healthy relationships? <laughs> You're talking about toxicity over here? Yeah. Katara was already too flustered by you at the beginning. Immediately, we it was just going to be, like, constant this the whole time. It'd be, like, amazing and horrible. Like, it, you just, too wild. Dante, it's just too too much. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Go but, date Jet or something. But be, I mean, it's, clearly she has the little bad boy thing, which is why you know it would be. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean that'd be fun. And of course, people always talk about like Taka, you know, Toph and Sokka because she has a crush on him. I like yeah, Taka. Taka's real. I cute. like Taka. I mean, he and Sugiros are really cute. So I'm like, oh, they're I cute understand. together. And I get it. Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of like Ang and Toph sometimes. <laughs> Just me Sometimes. just beating him up the whole time. Um, <laughs> I would love to see Tylee and Jet. I would love for them to date because I feel like that's mm. such a vibe. They're both like these traveling kind of edgy souls yeah. who are like nice but like not. Yeah, I don't know. I feel mm -hmm. like they'd be cute. Just like a mm. random. I like this. Jet. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. Jump through trees together. <laughs> Yeah, questionable <laughs> morals. But speaking of bad boys, we all dated a jet at some point. That's yeah, right. It'd be fun. And then, um, final big question: You get asked it, I'm sure, constantly. We know what kind of bender you played. What kind of bender would Michaela be? Who would I be? Uh, it depends on the day, but I think I'm a mix of earth and fire. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Um, I'm very much both. I'm not air, and I'm not water. I'm not chill. Uh, I just will be very honest about that. 
I like need to know things. I can kind of go with the flow for like a second and then I'm like, all right, cool. Like what's going on? So <laughs> definitely one of the it. more kind of fixed signs. So yeah, I think uh, I think I'd be a lava bender. So yeah. I yeah, love it. Makes a lot of sense. And I oh, saw your uh, Fire Nation Toph cosplay. Little yeah, Fire earlier Nation when Toph. I said it was better, I meant easier to make, not like, oh, it's just so much better than the other one. Uh, but for season two, there's so many layers and fabric folds. And I, I was know. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make this. So. And I've seen so many great, shout out to all the Toph, yeah, shout Yo, out just to the Toph cosplayers out there. Yes, yeah. well all done. All the different layers, the <laughs> hair, the balls and the buns and stuff uh-huh. like that. <laughs> the easiest things are just... The headbands. The headbands. Oh, Michaela has some perfect headbands. Beautiful. So I can just pop these on my head if I want to, like, and you could represent. But then everything beyond this for season two is just so difficult. So I only have the headband. Fair, fair. (laughs) And she's just so cute. She is very cute. We love Toph. She's great. Yeah, she's great. Well, Michaela, I hope that you will come back. There is so much more to talk about as we move through these upcoming seasons with Toph. And it has been such a long time coming, having you on Braving the Elements. You are such yeah. a joy and a delight. And I'm so glad that yes. uh, that you've been able to join us. And now that you're a part of us here, our family, you got to come back, especially on the important episodes where we really That's right. Get Whenever into some stuff. you want me, I will come out from the mountainside. Out from yes. from my haven with the badger moles. Where the badger moles yes. I know. I'm sporting some toff on a badger mole. So right there. I love badger moles. It's a goodie. I mean, turtle ducks are my favorite, but I would want to probably own or like have a badger mole. I feel like they're very useful. Right. It's a very good travel companion. Yes. Look how big they are. When we when we rewatch that episode yeah. when they come out, they're like, those dudes are bigger than I thought. Well, you just move in near a mountainside and then exactly. they'll go in and make their little tunnel and be super uh-huh. comfy and then come out when they want to hang with you. It'll be great. Exactly. Very chill. Awesome. I feel like they're low maintenance. They can take care of themselves. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so, Michaela Murphy, where can everyone find you online on your social media? I am on Instagram primarily, trying to be better at TikTok, uh, and very rarely on Twitter. Um, my handle on Instagram is at Michaela Mostly, so my birth name, Michael with an A on the end, and then Mostly, because it's mostly me on there. <laughs> uh, and then I think on TikTok, it's just Michaela Jill Murphy. I don't know. I'm trying out both usernames, seeing which one I like more. Michaela Jill Murphy is just so long. That's why I did it a little shorter for Instagram. I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, that's uh, that's where you can find me. All right, Michaela. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so I much, Michaela. I know you're as happy as we are to have brought Michaela, a.k.a. Toff, into the Braving the Elements fold. Thanks, everybody. Woo! And we will talk to you next week. See you guys next Bye. week. Thanks for listening to Avatar Brave the Elements. And make sure to subscribe and please leave us a review. It really helps the podcast so much. And me and Janet really appreciate it. Next week, we dive into an episode where I am very alone. Okay, I just want to point out, the episode is called Zuko Alone, and you're not going to be alone for it. I will be there, and we are also going to be talking about it with a fantastic Adol Rafai. You can follow me on social media at the JV Club on Instagram and at Janet Varney on Twitter. And I'm at Dante Bosco on both of those. We'll see you next Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.